Hi, everybody. We're now coming up for halfway stage of the summer holiday season. So this is episode three of our special re-release episodes that we are doing throughout the summer before we start back up with the live student forum in September. Myself and Dave have picked for our third episode, one that we recorded, and the date means a lot to me. I've just realised the 16th of February 2021, which is actually my mum's birthday. Um, Not that I was missing her birthday. I must have um, given her a call straight after we recorded the episode. But as you're going to hear in a moment, on the episode, we were joined by one of our good friends and colleagues, Aaron Mortlock, one of our tutors based in the Cambridge office. He shared his experiences of giving back to society, most notably the fact that he had volunteered himself to be a governor at his local primary school. Dave, I know this episode particularly meant a lot to you because of what happened after. So I don't know if you wanted to share with listeners what we then received after we released the episode originally. It was a really lovely reply we got from one of our listeners who sent me a message just to say that they'd they'd listened to this episode of the podcast and as a result of listening to it and listening to things that Aaron said they had actually applied and been successfully and were successfully appointed as a governor of a school and I just love the fact that someone had had you know listened to what we did had recognized that they got skills that could be used for you know a, a greater purpose and actually put themselves forward to 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 actually do that and it, it was one of the first times that I I realised that this podcast had and it could have a positive impact on people and um, we, we were in a position to be able to share these kind of ideas. So hopefully you know, more people can do this kind of work, more people can volunteer, more people can help others and just generally make the world a nicer place, Ben. Brilliant. Yeah, it, it meant so much hearing that live return from a student actually saying, having listened to the podcast, they'd taken action, they'd done something. Over the holidays, we all reflect on things. And if you feel that there is a gap in your life, you're not feeling fulfilled and rewarded, there are lots of voluntary opportunities out there. Aaron shared some links with people so you can look out for those and listen out for them in the recording. I hope you enjoy the episode and you're enjoying your summer. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the First Intuition podcast. My name is Ben Bullman, and as ever, I'm joined by my friend and colleague, David Malthouse. Good evening, Dave. Evening, Ben. How are you this week? All right, thank you. For those listening to the podcast, you're doing this, obviously, after we've recorded it. But this is the week where, certainly in our part of the world, the eastern region, we've got quite a bit of snow on the ground. And I understand you've got more than us, Dave, in Essex. Yeah, we, we, we have got snow here. Um, we, we've had, a, a, my kids have a snow day on Monday, which is really odd because their, their schooling is all remote, but their school said, school's off today, go outside and enjoy the snow. So I had to take the kids outside to, to have a snowball fight. I got told off being too organised at snowball fighting because I, I separated them into teams, got them to build ammunition and build a little bunker. And then it was all out war between them. Apparently I should have just let them go nuts and rub each other's faces in the snow. But how was I tonight? <laughs> Fantastic. We haven't got quite as much snow. We, we've got a, a, a splattering, a dusting, um, but we haven't had any any school days cancelled but but we're looking forward to half term and I guess a lot of people listening to this podcast might be listening to it in in school half term so if you are having a half term break enjoy it 
make the most of it. Although in the current conditions that there's not loads that we can do outside of our own own houses and areas, but it would just be nice to have a bit of a, a break from a daily routine and a schedule where we all log on to classes at various times. So enjoy a rest if you are listening to this and you're having a bit of a break for the February half term. But this evening, we've got, as ever, a topic to talk about. Um, myself and Dave were having a, a chat about potential topics for the podcast, and we thought a nice theme would be using the unique skills that we have got as accounting and finance professionals to do some things to give back to local community, society, and, and groups in the areas that we live. The thing that got me thinking about this was back at the the start of COVID, if we think back to March, April last year, the government announced they wanted people to volunteer for COVID schemes, delivering shopping to vulnerable people, to elderly people, helping people out in the local community, getting more involved in supporting your, your neighbours. And the government were overwhelmed with people volunteering for that service. In the, in the first couple of weeks, I think the numbers of people volunteering went through the roof. Which, which makes me think people genuinely want to do nice things to give back to their, their local community, the towns, the cities, the villages, the places that they live in. So we thought this edition of the podcast would, would make that the topic. Think about ways that, that we've seen people in our professionals and our own experiences kind of give back. And I thought of the perfect guest to join us this evening. So I will now introduce him. Um, we're joined by Aaron Mortlock. He's a, a tutor with, with my team in, in Cambridge, but he's also an ICAW member and, and heavily involved in some community projects, some, some local good causes in, in our region. So good evening, Aaron. Thank you for joining us. Evening, Ben. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I don't know how I live up to a perfect example, though, but I'll try, I'll try my best. <laughs> Fantastic. So before we get into the theme of tonight, myself and Dave, when we have any guests, just like to get a very quick summary of your background, how you got to the position that you're in. Dave usually frames this as your superhero backstory. So if it was the first part of your Aaron feature length film, how did you get your superpowers and end up in the, the Avengers or the, 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 the superhero group that you're in? What's your background, Aaron, briefly, but but to give people some perspective of how you've got to where you are today? Yeah, so um, my counting, I guess, background started when uh, I was back in school and um, I was pretty good at um, doing multiplication really quickly. And I was like, oh, OK, you know, what, what stuff could I do where I need numbers that, you know, if I could do it really quickly, would that be uh, good for a job? And so uh, I basically typed in, I think, jobs that need good number skills and then uh yeah, voila, <laughs> I am where I am. Um, but yeah, that was, that was a bit of a speed story. So um, then I, I kind of did my accounting degree. I thought that was probably the best way to, to find out if I liked it or not. Um, and then uh, I think one of the big kind of events for me was uh, I did a, a placement year or year in industry at Deloitte. Um, so I went there and that was a, essentially a, a learn everything I, I like to do and also find out the stuff I really didn't like to do. Um, so that was that was a great one. And then when I was there, I found essentially that I cared a lot about education. So that was kind of my 
uh, if you're going to look at velocity of career, that was where I found it and thought, oh, that's where I could do the most and found the most passion. So that was where I really pushed. And uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a superhero skill, but you'll certainly get a lot more um, out of me if I'm doing something in the education sector than you would if I was in a, another sector, but not naming anymore, I would say. Fantastic. So the theme for tonight is about volunteering, giving back, getting involved, sharing your skills. When, when we caught up off air, I think very much this was something that was was born out at university. It might have been happening in your life before then. But but in your uni days, uh, I, I think you volunteered for, for a few things and projects. What sort of stuff did you get involved in as a student? Yeah, when, when I was a student, I, um, I got involved in, I think one of the big ones was peer mentoring. Uh, so they started a peer mentoring scheme when I was there. So um, it was for me as a third year to mentor uh, first year students. And so for me, that was a great chance to give them a bit of knowledge, um, send them hopefully on a right path. Um, and then also to kind of reinforce what I'd done because I did a placement year. I had a gap of a year technically in knowledge. So I thought oh, it'd be great to kind of brush up on some stuff. Uh, so in doing that, I then had to relearn all of my first year notes and also teach them it. So there was this big uh, kind of mass skill gap. Um, and one of them actually, you know, you're trying to uh, impact them uh, in terms of what you kind of all the knowledge you have. And now one of them actually works in internal audit, um, I think, based on my kind of push in that direction and still works there and still likes it. So that was a, a good start. Fantastic. That that sounds like a, a great starting point and something I would encourage people to do. D Dave, what, what's your view on, on mentoring someone within your team to, to kind of give something back and hopefully develop them and yourself? Well, I actually take part in the um, Anglia Ruskin University um, student mentoring programme. So for the last few years, I've had a undergraduate student who has been um, fortunately or unfortunately allocated to me um, and um, I, I, I meet with that student um, roughly about once a month or so um, really to help them to make decisions about where they want to go with their career so um, I, I will start by looking at you know do they understand about what different roles look like, about you know what, what kind of jobs they want to pursue, what kind of businesses they want to work for, really try and help them get an idea about where they want to take the next step. And then sometimes it's just then a little bit of mentoring about how they can find those roles. So you've identified that you want to work in industry for a business that makes stuff, well, where are those businesses? And once we've established where the kind of perfect business is, how do you go about finding a role there you know and just being proactive so I, I, I'm a big fan of those kind of things it's something that I, I say I've done for a few years um partly I do it because I wish someone had done it with me when I was at university because I, I had fantastic career advice from my parents um all the way through when I was at school I didn't get that much support when I was actually at university. There was a careers fair and it was like, there's a big hall full of people going to talk to them, but no one was really there to explain, well, these are the different kind of roles. And this is where you go for that particular type of role. It was brilliant if I wanted to join the army because they had a massive stand and a load of people dressed up as soldiers that wanted to enroll me. But if I wanted to, do, to you know, deal with derivatives in the city, there wasn't a stand there for that kind of thing. So I think, you know, for me, it's really rewarding just being able to understand what people are going through at university, I, I find it rewarding doing that. I've also learned a hell of a lot through 
through being a mentor, understanding the struggles that people go through that I don't think you get if you're teaching them something technical. So being a mentor, I found really rewarding. And I would hope that my mentees also you know, found it at least a little bit helpful. That, that, that's fantastic. And I think that's the first tip for people. Um, reach out to local colleges, universities, and see if they've got a, a mentoring program and whether you could get your name down. But you could also look to mentor people internally within your organization. I know lots of our students who are maybe towards their second, third year of a professional qualification are given a, a new member of staff um, as, as a dedicated person to mentor. Um, Aaron and Dave, what, what sort of benefits do you think for, for you would you get out of mentoring someone who is going through things that, that you've experienced two or three years prior? I, th I think um, I think it's obviously always good to go on your own path in terms of learning um, and going through mistakes. But I think at the same time, you can kind of set them up nicely for, for thinking about it. And actually, it gets you to reflect on the stuff that you did that worked well and didn't work well. And maybe kind of reinforces what you might need to give yourself a nudge every so often to improve on. Um, and also, I think that empathy, you know, you've been there. You've gone through it. Um, some of the things that they, they're going through um, that also validate what you might have gone through, but never spoken to anyone about. I, I think part of that comes from, from teaching, which I'm, I'm sure Dave could chip in as well. I remember as a student sitting there being scared to death of um, gearing and re-gearing beta factors, horrible stuff from financial management as a student, which actually I've had the opportunity to teach and help people. And I found the second time around when I was going through it with, with a student mentoring, helping them, it actually really helped clarify my understanding as well. Dave, Dave, what's your, your thoughts? I, I, it was exactly the point I was going to make, Ben, is that it, it, it is like teaching. And it's when you teach someone to do something, your, your knowledge becomes deeper because you, you understand why people find certain things challenging and you have to find a different way to explain things. And that strengthens your own knowledge. I've certainly become more knowledgeable as a result of teaching something than I ever was as a student sitting that exam. And you know, I, I always advise people, if you're struggling something, try teaching it to someone else because that will make that understanding a lot deeper. Uh, and it, it, it's something that from, from a, a mentoring perspective, if I'm helping to mentor someone and help to try and guide them through what their career journey might look like, gives me a chance to evaluate what I actually did and recognize that maybe the things that I did weren't the best way to do things. Uh, and it challenges my own ideas about what I've done. So I, th I think you know, valuable to me being a mentor as well as the person hopefully receiving the advice. Cool, excellent. So moving on from your uni days, Aaron, you then started work in practice for a, a, a big four firm you were at, weren't you? Yeah, Deloitte, yeah, it's still a big four, I think. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and, and within that role, you were given the opportunity to do some some voluntary work. How did how did that pan out? Yeah, so I I, I, I definitely applaud them on this. They, uh, they gave you a half a day, technically, I think a month. Um, I think it was half a day a month. Uh, <laughs> I took definitely most of it. So um, they gave you about half a day a month. Um, that you could technically commit, so up to half a day. And they would allow you to have a, there's a series of things you could get involved in locally, but you could also kind of submit to do something else. So I was involved in mock interviewing, which 
in terms of if you ever want to be uh, you know good at interviewing at your current work you know it's, it's kind of high stakes stuff you get to have that nice and informal spirit experience with a with a student um, and it also gets you on the other side of uh, being interviewed um, and it, it gets you to really think about what you could do better when you're being interviewed um, but also alongside that um, there was other charity initiatives there was a thing called one million futures um, which again was my education hat came out um, they had a, a, a really nice initiative that was to impact one million people's futures so for me that really kind of hit home um, and so I was one of the lead people in Cambridge for that and it was a really really impactful thing that we were tracking along so I definitely brought them on that Oh, so, so I think that's probably heading towards tip number two. If you're you're listening to this working for an employer, I would I would ask them about the ability to do some some voluntary work during work time. I know lots of employers have corporate social responsibility schemes that they will give staff time. Um, it might be something that, that they are thinking about, but you asking for it might give them the, the push to do it. Dave, you're, you're a director. And, and business owner at First Intuition, what's your view on giving giving your team some time to do some some good causes? It's, it's something that I, I I'm really keen to encourage. I um I, I in in the past we've had um, charities that we have um, had sponsorship agreements with. So most recently we um, we chose Mind as the the charity that we wanted to sponsor, and a lot of that was because we were recognising there were more and more cases of students that were suffering from exam anxiety and I, I just felt that as as a charity if we could work with a charity that helped um, raise awareness and helped to give us some training about understanding those kind of things that would be the most natural fit for us but um it's, it's interesting you you asked about um what we as a business would do because I was actually in an interview um probably about two weeks ago. So we, we had um, a someone that, that was coming to us that was interviewing for a position. And I was with one of my fellow directors and we, um, we were asking questions. And we got to the end of the interview and the, the, the interviewee asked us about, do we support charity work? Or do we do charity work? And my, my fellow director um, got, almost was quite hesitant about kind of giving any kind of answer because I think they felt that well we don't you know overtly have this big charitable program but then you know I then jumped in as I want to do and I said that well we do a lot of work with schools we you know we go to careers events we run a summer school which is you know entirely free of charge for anyone that's got any kind of interest in finance and um, you know, you and I know, Ben, that, that, you know, we spend a lot of our evenings, you know, at the moment running online events for students that we are not going to charge for. And, you know, I, I don't expect that as a result of, you know, Ben, you and I being here this evening, I'm not going to suddenly do a hard sell and try and sell stuff. You know, I'm doing it for a different reason, because I feel at the moment, the best thing that we can do is be there to support students. And I just went through the and, and I think as Laura's just said, we do free revisions for students. We did that because that's the right thing to do. It's not because I want to make a load of money from them because I'm not going to make any money from them. I'm doing it because it's the right thing to do. And when I went through this list of different things that we do, my other director goes, yeah, yeah, we do a lot. We do a lot, but it doesn't feel like we're doing, you know, charity work in terms of, you know, digging up an allotment for old people. But what we're doing is we're using the skills that we have 
to support the people that we can support. So I, I massively believe in giving things back and really supporting the community. I believe in using our skills to, to help to, to the absolute maximum we possibly can. I'm rubbish at painting. So why would I volunteer to paint a room when I can use other skills that I've got that are far more effective? So you've both mentioned schools and I think schools are local to everybody. Everybody lives close to a school. Schools definitely need financial help, guidance. And, and that's a, a natural place, I think, for people to go look in. Aaron, you've taken the initiative and have actually put yourself forward to be a governor of a local school. I will confess I'm a governor at, at my local primary school, primarily because my daughters attended there. But my expectation is I will stay on beyond the time that, that my children are attending the school to, to help support them on the governing body. How did you come about getting your role, Aaron, as a governor? Yeah, so I was looking um, for a role like that to, to see how, you know, again, doing as much as I can in education. I, I really want to understand how schools work because I was uh, a little bit from the outside. I've done a little bit of work with schools before, but um, being able to really be at the coalface with the with the school was something I wanted to do. And, and the most obvious thing I could do because, you know, I'm not a uh, English uh, or reading or writing specialist of any sort. Um, you know, so I thought, well, if I can give some finance skills, um, I'll see you know, how much I can help. Uh, and so um, it was it was great to to start even just I started just before COVID kind of really kind of kicked up around a year ago. So I got quite a different start to my experience. Um, but actually, it was really helpful for me because I used to have a school governors network at my old uh, employer. And we, we really talked about the fact that we got a network of people and I could help new school governors go through that process as well so I kind of had an impact well I hope I did uh, and still do at my school but also at the workplace that I was at to help people start on that path to become a school governor. Cool so uh, one of the things you mentioned when we were talking is this this slight intrepidation of doing it feeling do I really have the skills to kind of sit in in a governor's meeting it sounds quite grand sounds quite official What's your practical experience of, of being at those meetings and the value that, that you can add to them and, and the school? Oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's completely kind of blown my mind in terms of uh, stereotypes. Um, yeah, I thought I need, you know, 30 years experience, board, CEO, all that kind of stuff. But um, it turns out, you know, pretty quickly you find out um, where people's knowledge is at and how even just, a, you know, even a couple of years or 10 years or whatever it is, um, you're still further ahead because you've specialised in some way in finance. And so they've got, you know, they've got their career and what they've specialised in and, and what they bring. But it's just such a nice atmosphere to be able to help people um, and even just, you know, assume uh, I always assume people don't understand things and then you're working from a good base. And then if you do explain things for the people that understand it, it reinforces it. For the people that um, may have not wanted to say that they don't understand it, um, it then helps them as well. And, and I found it, it was really useful. I, I had an induction session as a governor, which I found incredibly useful. But then there's also been a series of additional CPD programs that I've been invited to go to, which I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed and felt it's broadened my knowledge, my horizons, my skills. Any tips for, for people looking for a potential governor role, Aaron? Where, where would you go to kind of start the ball rolling? 
Yeah, so I, I went to a, a website called Inspiring Governance. Um, so um, I, I then later encouraged my old, old business to become a member so that everyone could link up in terms of their own staff. But Inspiring Governance is a great website for them. Um, you, for academy trusts, you have to go directly, but um, for schools, for state schools particularly, you can go on there, submit the type of skills that you could help with or you think that you could help with, and then they can find you, um, but equally you can search for opportunities. So uh, if you don't think there's one on there that's um, you know, the perfect fit for you right now, then people will contact you when they need uh, one. So it's really, it was really, really simple. Fantastic, excellent. Um, but, but if schools are not your thing, there are also lots of other local charities that would be crying out for some help, some support, some skills that, that people in the world of accounting and finance can bring. Dave, what, what's your experience with, with volunteering for local sports clubs, say? <laughs> Almost if you know that I volunteer with local sports clubs, Ben. Um, <laughs> the, the thing that I find is that... Um, when you become involved in kind of different kind of community activities or community groups, the minute they find out you're an accountant, instantly they'll say, oh, brilliant, you can be treasurer then. And the reality is I've not done any bookkeeping for best part of 20 years. Okay? My bookkeeping skills aren't as well honed as you might expect. But what I am quite good at is I am quite good at kind of organizing um, the, the strategy of a business. I'm quite good at looking at systems and processes and, and how they work and how they interact with each other. So one of the things that I'd just be really careful of is if you are looking at working with some kind of some kind of community program, make sure that you're going to be able to use the skills that you feel you know, are, are your best skills. Because, I, yeah, I could be, I could deal with you know, cash receipts and things like that, but that's not the best use of my skills. Most people are going to be able to deal with cash receipts and bankings and things like that. But, you know, I, I was saying the example to you beforehand um, is that, Yes, you could be there, the person with a tin saying, can you please pay your weekly subs to the football club? Or you could be the person that's saying, well, actually, if you use the system like Go Cardless, you can now set up a direct debit. So those subs are automatically collected and we automatically chase people if they're not paying. That's a better use of my skills than rattling around a tin saying you collect money. So if you're working for those community skills, just make sure that you know the skills that you bring and you're using them, those skills rather than squeezing into a role that they want you to fit into because they think that it's the right role for you. Definitely. As, as regular listeners will know, my wife is also an accountant and, and so is Dave's wife, actually. And, and me and Ellie have, have been asked over the years to, to get involved with lots of things uh, around that. And, and I agree. I think someone does need to, to keep sight of the finances and count the money and, and cash it up and make sure it's all there. I, I think that the bigger piece that, that myself and Ellie have got involved with is maybe looking to develop those processes a bit. We've done it for a while just to get processes in order i'm thinking aat level four students this would align perfectly with the stuff you do on internal controls just looking at the the process that the organization has currently got maybe you do it for a, a year or so just to get it working nicely and then you can hand over to somebody else but but i know as a, a couple we've done it in in spells for local toddler groups that we've done the 
that, that the book's for, um, local church groups, local sports clubs, as you say, Dave. And I think there is a natural temptation when they find out all oh, Ben and Ellie are accountants, they will look after the, the, the cash book and do our, our end of year accounts for the AGM. And, and as much as we've done that in, in, in spells, it's not the, 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 the thing that we, we really enjoy the most. And then that's something else to be aware of. If you're doing accounts in your day job, you probably want to see something slightly different in a, in a voluntary role. However, the skills you've got are, are very sought after. And, and so use them and offer them, them carefully would be my advice for that one. And something that Emma's just put in our in our chat box, Emma, one of our audience today, um, is she, she said that she always gets asked to do self-assessment. And that that's something that I do get asked questions about with, and I've been asked it by a number of community groups, is can you help us with our VAT return? Um, we're unsure about whether there are any tax reliefs that we can claim if we put in a new 3G Astro pitch. And for a lot of those things, I have to just say, I'm sorry, I'm not the person to advise. And I said, but you're an accountant, you know this stuff. So my knowledge of tax is good, you know, for an ordinary business making a trading profit. But tax for not-for-profit or for community organisations, for voluntary groups is very, very different. And so I would go to someone that actually has that specialist knowledge rather than me, who I can advise you if you make a bunch of profit and you're a company, how to pay tax on that profit. But I can't advise you as a not-for-profit how to deal with tax issues. So it, just be really careful because you will get asked questions about things that maybe are outside of your skill set. And we all know, you know, our, our you know, code of ethics as accountants, we shouldn't give advice we're not qualified to do. Definitely. I, I, I've seen that a few times myself as well. I think what we can give, though, is someone to look over that external advice. I would recommend them to go and get the external advice of an accounting expert that, yes, they might have to pay for. But I would be there on their side, reading it, understanding it and help them to to digest and, and inform a decision on the back of that. And I think that's a subtly different role. It's not giving them the answers. It's helping them understand the professional advice and implications that they've received. Aaron, I, I would imagine you, you're relatively similar within the governorship of the, the school. You're not there expected to make the decisions, but, but you can maybe give some views on advice and external information that they've got. Yeah, definitely. Even in terms of things like, well, I had to learn a bit about um, sports and PE grants and things like that and how we should or shouldn't spend it. Um, we have to be very careful in what advice we give because I'm still on a learning path for that school. But in terms of general principles and being able to, I think, understand the language of finance and accountancy, I, I feel like I can pick it up quicker than kind of, a, you know, everyday, everyday person. Perfect. So... As well as the great things we can do for the schools or the other local organisations, I guess there is an element of self-fulfilment that, that we get as individuals of, of doing it. So, so I'd like to just touch on that a bit, Aaron. What, what do you think you get out of offering those services, the evenings that you go to governor's meetings, the, the extra emails that you get when they are keeping you informed on things or asking for your view on something? What, what do you take away from that, that that gives you the energy to keep doing it, I suppose, is the question. Yeah, and I, I think uh, for me, when I started doing volunteering, what I found was um, if, if people or employers are a bit hesitant, I found that I actually got more energy back from volunteering 
and then could kind of refill that into work. So I came out after, you know, an hour, two hours of doing some volunteering with more energy than I might have had at the middle, you know, in the middle of the afternoon on a typical work day. So there was a, a, excuse the kind of account to it, but there is a net benefit there, you know, if we're talking cost benefit. So um, I, I always found that, which is, you know, us accountants in our world. Um, but I think bigger picture and purpose, uh, I always wanted to say, well, I wanted to make my impact. And the way I found that was through education. But there's also how can you have impact and volunteering, mock interviewing, all that stuff was me really kind of at the coalface of, of helping people, whether accidentally pushing them into a career in internal audit or, you know, advising them, um, describing finance and accounting and then then going, well, that's definitely the career I don't want. Um, so whichever way it goes, I think for me is having that having that real impact and continuing to learn, learning all the time. The, the other thing I always think is just broadening your, your own personal network. It's, it's bizarrely quite a small world when you start making connections away from your day-to-day -day job, but things go full circle. And, and quite often people I've connected with when I've been at, at voluntary things have actually then had an impact on my, my future work, my future career. I know, Dave, you're a big advocate of, of LinkedIn and social media and I suppose this is a great way to, to also broaden your your linkage and your, your presence there. I, I, nothing beats kind of face-to-face -face networking knowing someone and you, you're absolutely right it does put you in a position where you get to meet people that you wouldn't ordinarily meet and although I don't think we go into any of these things thinking oh great I'm going to meet these five people but naturally you do, and naturally you do build those networks of, of other people, other professionals. So you know, I, I, I know of people that and I've met through kind of various different community groups that are kind of lawyers and that are um, estate agents and from various different things that I can call upon now because I know them quite well. I know them personally, I, I, you know, I call them friends. And um, it, it's yeah, amazing how you can build those kind of networks of different people um, just through, you know, your, your common love of a particular theme or a particular thing. Fantastic. Um, I suppose to frame this, it is a time commitment and, and we need to be sensible with this, but we need to make sure that we, we go into any volunteering with our eyes open on the amount of time, on, on when things are going to happen. We're all busy in our own lives with our, our own work with our own families, with our own study for lots of people listening. Um, Aaron, any, any tips about going into such roles with your eyes open so, so you don't overcommit yourself and then let people down, I suppose? Yeah, I think um, I mentioned Dave's point around networking. If you know someone who does it already, uh, works in it, thinking about it, that's, that's the bit where you get the real insight of how much time is it going to take? What type of skills do you need? Um, you know, what kind of things do you do? Do you need to travel or not? Like now we can have virtual um, governor meetings. So getting a real feel for how much time it actually takes um, and having that network of people you can draw upon, I think it's really, really helpful to, to kind of set your expectations right from the start. Cool. I think the final place that, that, that we'll finish is thinking about the, the institutes. Everybody listening, if you're studying, is linked to an institute, be that AAT or ICAW or SEMA or ACCA, and they themselves have got their own network of things that you can volunteer for, you can put your name forward. I've attended a number of AAT branch events in our local region in East Anglia. 
I also uh, attend some ACCA localized events. Aaron, I, I know you volunteer for the ICAW committee. What sort of, of volunteering opportunities do, do you think the professional bodies give us as accountants? Yeah, for, uh, for, for our local one, we have um, the ICAW Younger Members Committee, uh, which we have one specifically for East Anglia. Um, and so I just started by going to one of those events as a, when I qualified. Um, I know quite a lot of people when they qualify um, need a little bit of a break, I would say sometimes from the profession and the exams. Um, but when you come back into it, you make that choice yourself to kind of come back in. Uh, I started attending events and then I became part of the committee. Um, so I now I help um, choose which events would be great for people's development, sector events, um, people to learn about different roles, like we've, we're going to do one around corporate finance soon, for example. So that kind of then gets my impact. Um, and I know for any members, um, if you're a member, there's the younger members one that I'm part of, but also if you're a student, there's a student um, committee, but also student events that are there. So for ICAW, that I know that's particularly what happens. I know an initiative that the ICAW have, have run in, in years past and, and myself and Dave have been involved is something they, they branded as the, the base events. Dave, do, do you remember some some volunteering we did there? Absolutely. So I, I've mentored a number of different teams. It's, it's a business game that the, the ICW have for, um, for schools. So schools can put together teams of, I think it's up to six students to work through a kind of a business simulation. There are regional heats, and then it went to a big final that took place, I think memory serves in Birmingham. And I, I was fortunate enough to, to actually be helping to mentor teams um, that went to the final in Birmingham on two occasions. And it is, it's a phenomenal event, really, really good. Um, really, really good. Um, really good fun. I love being involved with the kids and seeing how they thought and kind of going up there and being their representative. Um, and as we talk about the um, kind of the networking opportunities is that I, I did that purely because I wanted to help some schools. And you know, I, I, it was my school happened to be successful enough and got through to the final and I was there mentoring them. And I, I remember actually being at this event speaking to one of the ladies that was on the judging panel and you know we connected on LinkedIn and, and it turns out that she was the head of finance for Disney Europe and I was kind of like I never ever would have been in the opportunity to actually connect with that person and you know just share ideas with them if I hadn't put myself forward to do that if I had a closed mindset I'm just going to stick to you know doing my work in Essex and not put myself out there I never ever would have got out there so you know quite amazing what actually happens when you do start putting yourself forward for those kind of things. Fantastic. Just looking at some of the, the comments in the chat box from the, the live audience tonight. Yes, Abby, we were just talking about the base competitions. If you're an ICAW student or member, you, you will hopefully be given the opportunity at some point to, to, to volunteer if you would like to. Abby's saying she, she was involved in it from Hills Road Sixth Form. That's my old Sixth Form college. That's, that's my, my alma mater as well, Ben. <laughs> Excellent. So, so that was back in 2019. But clearly, Abby, that, that's done something to shape you because you, you've now gone on and pursued a, a longer term career in, in accounting. So it does show that those soft touches back at school, at college, genuinely do spark interests. Fantastic. I also saw another lovely comment from, from Laura in the chat box about being a committee member with the AAT. 
she, she's at the Birmingham branch, but that the AAT have branches all over the country. And, and that's something I know the branch would, would love it if, if students volunteered, said, we will come along to events. Um, ultimately, you sit on the committee, Laura, but, but that's something that people can potentially look, look at the opportunities once they start going to the events. But, but I've always been very impressed with the ones I've been to in, in Cambridge. Um, as ever, we are getting near the end of this evening's podcast. Aaron, you've been a fantastic guest and, and I think certainly one that we would welcome back with open arms for a future episode. Have you got any final thoughts or, or summings up or, or things you would like to, to close on for this evening's session? Uh, apart, apart from being flattered, um, <laughs> I think the only comment would be to kind of, like tonight, um, you kind of get to explain things where you have to translate into a, you know, kind of a more standard language or you have to explain things back where you might never have to explained it before. So as I mentioned with peer mentoring. So for me, that was uh, probably the big, one of the biggest things I, I got from all of my volunteering stuff was having to explain things I've never really had to explain before and didn't understand until I explained it. Cool. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us. Anybody listening, myself, Dave, and Aaron would love to know if, if you are volunteering or if you're thinking about it. It would be great to keep us updated if you get any opportunities or, or things go well for you looking out for it. I would encourage you to look for, for the opportunities. I think it's something I find incredibly rewarding. It's a break from my day-to-day -day job, which I think is good. It gives you a bit of a chance to, to refocus some energy. I think that that really helps with, with your own um, perspective on, on life sometimes to, to see different things and different experiences. As we've said, it, it really helped broaden my network of, of connections in the local area. It's something that can be incredibly powerful if, if you ever move to a new area and you need to, to, to start making a new network. It's, it's a great way to meet other like-minded people for, from different sectors, backgrounds. Um, Dave, have you got any final thoughts for this evening and closing the episode? I think that I that I saw with with Laura's comment with her being part of the um, the, the the AAT committee, and I know that you've mentioned the the other institutes. Um, it, it's something that I I personally feel a a responsibility to this industry that we're in. And we are the people right now and the people that are our students right now are going to be the people of the next 20, 30 years that are really going to shape this industry. And I have got a real kind of I feel a real responsibility to the next generation to leave this industry in better shape than I found it. And I know that there are certain things that accountants have done in the past that, you know, in some cases haven't been great. When we look at some of the, you know, the, the business scandals that have happened that, that accountants have been part of. And I, I would hope that we're shaping this industry to be better than it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. And I would hope that everyone in this room is going to help to, to really deliver that forwards in future years to improve the way that we as accountants are viewed and the way that the industry is for the next generation that are joining us. So I think that it's something we can all be involved in, even if it is just doing our job really well. You know, and behaving ourselves in the job we do, whether it's shaping the industry that, that we work in through being parts of the industry, parts of the different um, different industry bodies, or whether it is volunteering and helping other organisations to be run 
in financially sustainable ways. So I think that, you know, I feel a real responsibility. And if we can do something to help other people to also have that kind of responsibility, I think we're going to leave this industry in a much better state than it currently is in. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Myself and Dave are going to be back with some live forums. We're scheduling them to start back up on the 7th of September. So look out for emails coming out with how to register for them. In the meantime, we will be releasing further back episodes throughout the summer. Thank you very much.